Finale time once again. Starting off strong. Yes, finale time. We're talking about the season two finale, AKA episode 22, New York. And then we will be talking about all of season two, giving our season two superlatives. And it's rather late and Nick has to get up early tomorrow. So I suggest we just get right into it. Let us do it. I was trying to find some time to compare the plots between IMDb and the fandom wiki, but you know what? We're going to jump back and forth. I feel like the plot, so once again, we watched this yesterday and we're getting ahead of ourselves, by the way, because we are traveling to Minneapolis next week. So we would not be able to record next week, but I was like, let's just do it because we have one episode left and then we could take a little break in between seasons. So if you're listening to this on drop day, give us two weeks, I think, and then we'll be back with season three. And also, please go like our reel. Oh, yeah. Nick worked real hard on that. And it got absolutely no love, but it got a, a decent amount of views. It's pushing 400, 500 views at this point. So. so that's very rude of all of y'all who saw it and didn't like it. It takes two taps of a finger to like something yes. that he spent. I don't even want to know how many minutes or hours on. So Too long. Yeah. So thank you. But let's get into it. Like I said, stay tuned at the end. We're going to be talking about our season two superlatives. Let's go. <laughs> As a montage of striking images of New York City wash over to the strains of George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Oh my God. It's not even a montage. It's one shot. That's literally the opposite of a montage. It's one shot of, like around Rachel as she's looking at Times Square. In a very cute outfit, I might say. I, I wrote that too. I said Rachel's outfit is actually so cute. I normally don't like Rachel's outfits, but that one was cute. Was I guess cute. she's like, you know, I'm in New York. I got to do it big. Is this her first time in New York? It seemed like it was. That's really interesting to me. You like, would have thought a high schooler from Lima, Ohio, via New York. No, but I just would have thought, given her like her personality is very much giving. She went to New York and saw a Broadway show, and she was like seven, and that became her personality. Hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm like kind of surprised that this is her first time. But whatever, sure. Yeah. But yes, so the new directions is really excited to have made it to the top of the show choir heap because, of course, they're in New York for our nationals, and they're eager to explore the city. But then it's being realistic and reminds them, mind you, they are finally in New York for nationals and they still have to write two original songs. Not only write them, they have to write them, they have to learn them, they have to choreograph them, rehearse them. Yeah, it makes no sense. And nationals is what, tomorrow? Two also, days away? I'm going to be generous and say two days away. I definitely don't think it's the next day, but two days I think is probable and also mind you where are they going to rehearse they haven't locked down these songs yeah. where are you rehearsing your hotel rooms are big definitely not new york hotel rooms but still not big enough to do a whole and they have choreography and every i, I don't even know yeah, it's know. a fictional show that's the answer yes yeah. <laughs> i did see over the fact that because they're broke as hell we'll book them at the intercontinental but they have to share split two rooms and the iconic, <laughs> I would, she's not a concierge, but front desk attendant at the hotel. Because Will said that um, there's, he was splitting them up gender-wise. Yeah, and she said, oh, are you here for the show choir uh, competition? He's like, yeah. And she's like, 
Most of the other teams split by sexual orientation. <laughs> that was hilarious. She ate with that line. She did not hesitate. Also, Will is wearing this like silly oh little God. newsies cap during this scene. It's horrible. He looks ridiculous. Yes. Also, I might have to call out being a New Yorker and staying in many New York City hotel rooms. These hotel rooms are like Huge. three times the size of a typical New York hotel room. And there's like four beds a piece. Yeah, I don't know what. I bed. think there's like four beds in each room. That's and they're like double beds. Yeah, that's insane. It's too much. So yeah, yes, sure. But which also that means that some of those guys would have had to share a bed together, and I just don't see that happening because you know that Kurt, no guy, no straight guy was going to sleep with Kurt. So Kurt gets his own bed. I could see Mike sleep sharing bed with Kurt. No, I could not. So Kurt gets his own bed. Artie clearly needs his own bed. Why? Like. He has it. I mean, I'm assuming his sleeping situation is unique. Hmm. He needs room, does he not? I don't know. Anyway, so that leaves like two beds. I don't know. I just, it doesn't make any sense. I'll sleep on the floor. Anyway, so Rachel tells Finn she's impressed with how well Quinn is taking the breakup. Because remind you, we'll get to this, but last episode, Quinn was like, I have plans when we're in New York. And she was reaching when she said that. Yes. Spoiler alert. I don't think there was a plan. <laughs> yes. But so Will is in the room with the kids. I don't know where he's staying. Does he have a third room? Is he sleeping in the janitor's closet? Not I don't know. specified. But tells the kids that they're on lockdown until they come up with two songs for nationals. And he has to quote unquote leave to fill out paperwork, which is sus. <clears throat> and we see Will pull up at the theater, which is hosting Crossroads, the April Road story. Without April Roads, we don't see her all episode. But that's where Will sneaks off to while the kids are supposed to be writing their songs. And first up at writing a song is Brittany. <laughs> yes. And her attempt is a pop offering literally about her cup, a song entitled My Cup. My Cup. Sing yeah. as a duet with Artie. And it is, I mean, I'll let Zach talk more about it, but just one of the funniest like shots is some of the girls are sitting on the bed watching his performance and you see santana probably is really naya like trying not to crack up laughing because it was just ridiculous it's i think she's yeah i think it was in response to the line where she's like um water coffee or gin you're the only thing i wanna put them in saying what's up okay it's just a really good song. It's really catchy and funny. Big fan of it. <laughs> yes, so that was the And Britney's outfit was cute. Like the over the suspenders oh, with the high-waisted pants. Yeah. But after that, the kids are like, you know what? We're not gonna find inspiration sitting in a dusty hotel room. We need to go out and explore New York City and find inspiration. Quinn actually said that. Quinn was like, what we need to get out and and she used this against everyone else later so she's a snake once again i will admit though her jacket was so cute and i kind of want it like the bright orange windbreaker oh that thing sure that thing i thought it was cute so yes next we see the kids wandering all over new york city my accent can really come out with oh my god come on Mm. and they're singing a mashup of i love new york and new york new york what are your thoughts i actually love this performance like this this has definitely sat in my head in terms of performances I remember. Um, everyone looks really cute. The production value is really leaping out because they had to get like 
filming permits to shoot in these like iconic locations like Washington Square Park. There, one thing I remember vividly to the point where when we were in New York like a year and a half ago and we were sitting on the, um, what is it, Lincoln Center Fountain, mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, the Glee Kids ran around the rim of this fountain and already wheeled around the rim of this fountain. Um, Santana looks really hot in her like little green mini dress and yellow jacket. I just think it's great. It's like a fun, good time. And I think it's an interesting mashup. It's definitely more of the I love New York than the New York, New York. Yeah. Like it's in the style of the I love New York and they just use lines from New York, New York, but it's good. Do you think it's good? Yeah, although I have to admit, I was confused until seeing this now. Cause I thought it was like Frank Sinatra, New York, New York. I was like, this doesn't, there's no lines from Yeah, that that's song. what I'm saying. But it's some musical called On the Town. Yeah, it's misleading. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's it still good. good. It's still good, yeah. Yes. But after that, they're back in the hotel room. It's the girls in the girls' room, the guys in the guys' room. And in the guys' room, Finn asks the guys about doing a duet with Rachel. And they all, like, are on board with it, probably because they know that that would help them, you know, win at Nationals. And then Puck and Sam tell him that he should ask Rachel out on a date while they're in New York. Ooh. And then we cut to the girls' room, where all the girls are doing a little pillow fight. Feathers are going everywhere. And we see Rachel get a text from Finn asking her to meet him in Central Park. And then <laughs> Will's back. Well, we were back to Will at the off off Broadway theater for Crossroads, the April Road story. April's not there. Yes, I said that before. Oh, but yeah, she's still not her. there. <laughs> still not there. And he gets on stage and he sings a song called "Still Got Tonight." And I had to look this one up in real time because i was like i don't know what song this is and we both thought that it was bad <laughs> this song y'all is a matthew morrison original <laughs> i can't believe he talked the producers of slash ryan murphy into letting him do this because it's really like the most like think of the most generic bland song sung by a white man you could ever envision that is this song it's really not good um, and this is also the first I've heard of this. I guess I just didn't really care that much mm -hmm. to look into it before. And when you told me that, it was like, no way. One gosh. random fact about the song that like made sense to me, like, like when I first heard it, I'm like, wait a second. It was co-written by Chris Allen, who won season eight, I think, or nine of American Idol. Oh, oh, was he the one that won when Catherine McPhee came in second? No, no that was Taylor won, Hicks. That was Taylor Hicks. He'd be, Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. Yes. yes. That yes. guy. Where is he now? Probably Where? in like a gutter. Somewhere. Yes. Although I need to read the IMDb synopsis because after they wrote that, they say in parentheses, with the fourth wall broken, this recapper passes out for two minutes. What does that what? mean? <laughs> what? Why did you pass out? Do they, they don't think Matthew Morrison is high. I really hope not. Because y'all, when he got on stage, he did this horrible little spin on stage oh. before we started singing and i hated it let me just say right now can we just do this right now that is my wind will oh, yes. cringe hour that little fucking spin that he did 100%. with the fake smile so we don't have to do it later also another thing i want to say the like janitor slash like house manager whoever that guy was that came in afterwards and he was like there's only a few people who got who got it and no. kid you've got it and i didn't realize i wrote in my notes this guy is a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> he don't got it. I'll tell you that much. So, whoops. Yeah, that was really bad. Okay. The fandom thing says that that person was the director for April's show. 
That There's was not no clear at all. He was wearing all black. There's like, no way he was the director. He was dressed like a house person. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Oh, helicopter. Woo, woo. Okay, anyway. So then we see Rachel meet Finn on a bridge in Central Park, and they're both, he's wearing a suit. She's wearing a cute dress with her hair, a little updo bun thing. She looked really good. Actually, I think almost all of Rachel's outfits were giving this episode. I also really like what she wore when she hangs out with Kurt. That oh, was, yes. That was cute. And this was cute. Although, I, like I said, when we were watching, this was a spontaneous thing. And I was thinking, why would Finn have packed a whole a whole suit? And why would Rachel have packed this like pretty nice dress? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just I can't think too much about exactly. it. And she has like a pashmina too with it or something. Yeah. Yeah, she wears the dinner, yeah. yeah. But he, Finn gives her flowers, but says it's strictly professional. A work date. And they're... We wind up in the village, and he takes you to this nice restaurant for dinner. Sardi's. They go to Sardi's for dinner. Isn't Sardi's, like, really expensive? Yeah. It's, like, a famous, famous New York steakhouse. Mm -hmm. So, sure. Again, there's not... Logically, not a lot of things make sense in this episode. Uh, Also, I'm confused, because Sardi's is in Times Square, but they were most definitely down in the village when they filmed this. I mean, you would know. They met in Central Park. Isn't Times Square kind of close to that? Ish, but so then, maybe they they went to the village after Sardis. Is that far away? Yeah, I don't know. Again, nothing logically makes sense. No. It really doesn't. But yeah, so while at dinner, Finn is mustering up the courage to tell Rachel just how he feels about her. But Miss Rachel spots a celeb sitting a few tables away from them. And uh, honey, who was the celebrity? Miss Patty Lapone. IRL, like this was actually Patty Lapone making a cameo. And this I do remember. I did remember, I was like, oh my gosh, Patty Lapone is in this episode. And she gives a really sweet bit of advice to Rachel. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, because Rachel is like, oh my God, that is Patty Lapone. I have to say something. I mean, if not for me, if for Kurt, like he would kill me. So she gets up and she was like, Miss Lapone, I have to say that you're my idol. And she's like, oh, that's very sweet. Are you an actress? And she's like, I'm in high school. We're here for the show choir competition. And Patty Lapone was like, oh my God, I did show choir in high school. It was my favorite class. And she's like, what's your name? And Rachel says, Rachel Berry. And she's like, well, Rachel Berry, never give up. And then on her way out, she whispers to Rachel, he's cute, talking about Finn. How did I remember that whole interaction? Say, it's like we're watching the episode again. I just think it's very sweet. And I love that sweet. she did that. Yes. <laughs> what did you say about her? She was like, something about her yelling about the masks thing. Because she oh, did that in real life. Yeah. I forgot what the joke I made, but yeah. <laughs> it was a funny joke. He had to be there. We love Patty. So on their way back to the hotel, they're in the village all of a sudden. Anyway, I'm not going not gonna to think about that too hard. Rachel <laughs> talks about how the night thought something from a romantic comedy, and as they're walking, Rachel, I don't know if she was just like drunk in love, but she clearly didn't see Mike, Sam, and Puck, and Artie standing right next to them <laughs> as it started to serenade them with Bella Note from Lady and the Tramp 2, Scamp's Adventure. Adventure. <laughs> anyway, it was cute, romantic, and Finn's like, I think this is the point where we're supposed to kiss. And they lean in for a kiss. Rachel says, I can't. And then they went in again. And she's like, she's still thinking about Jesse, I think. She ran up on him. She's confused. Mm -hmm. The next morning, Kurt and Rachel sneak off to our breakfast outside of Tiffany's, as they would. It's very fitting for the both of them. 
and they both are saying how in love they are with New York City and how they intend to return there for college and they kind of make a pact to do that together, which I think comes true. Yeah, it makes me wondering like if they had a plan all sketched out for beyond season three at this point or if they just followed what mm -hmm. was written in this episode. But yes, they do both end up in New York City. Yeah, and Rachel shares with Kurt she's concerned that Finn's going to keep her from her quote Manhattan destiny. And Kurt's telling her that like like all famous you know stars have to pick between love and your career. And he also and or, or she said she was like yeah he's too much of a country boy he wouldn't follow me and I'm like damn they really were thinking ahead because. Oh <laughs> <laughs> but they then sneak into the Gershwin Theater where Wicked is is performed and they try to lie to a security guard to say that their extras are being fitted for their Munchkin costumes mm -hmm. and he's like over it he's like y'all got 15 minutes uh, he said you're a couple of high schoolers from indiana rachel's like ohio actually <laughs> with big dreams of being on a broadway stage and he's like you got 15 minutes if we're gonna keep quoting this episode it's gonna be really long okay sorry <laughs> i just like that guy what was his name dom don? i don't know he had a little name tag anyway they get up on stage and they perform a duet from Wicked for good. That's you, were, you were geeking out for many reasons, but yeah. So it's so many, so many parallels. It's sung, it's performed by Adina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth, who both have been in Glee these past two seasons. And I love Wicked, so and it's like a beautiful duet. But also, you're not really into Wicked, so you wouldn't get this. But the parallels of them going from competing, singing "Defying Gravity," which is mm -hmm. a song where they're the characters in Wicked are at oh. them now seeing this duet together when they finally made up and realized the power of their friendship and how much wow. love they had for each other. There's layers to that. There were so many layers to that. I loved that. Also, it was a very I, sweet moment. I don't know if I've explicitly told you this, but I genuinely, outside of the Wizard of Oz elements, Oz elements, I don't know anything about Wicked. I don't know the story. So like when we go see the movie, that'll be my first time You'll consuming. Have to see, the, see it on Broadway though. The movie will be great, I'm uh, sure. But like the Broadway performance is just it's yeah incredible. I don't I don't even know it's not Broadway but you know live I know like the it's okay one song which one Divine Gravity now I know two <laughs> isn't there another one that's like there's so five hundred twenty five that's Rent oh which Dina Menzel was also <laughs> oh, in oh whoops <laughs> <laughs> my bad there's that song Popular. Popular. Yes. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. There's okay. lots of good okay, ones. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Am I getting your musicals confused? Anyway, after the number, which is beautiful and I really loved it, Rachel says that she doesn't have to choose because Broadway is her true love. Oh. Poor Finn. Now we're back in the hotel room and Quinn is on some shit. Just for reference, just this one scene alone, I have six bullets in my notes. Oh, okay. Well, you tell it. <laughs> okay. So Quinn is basically like, she's upset that rachel and finn have run off i'm gonna put the whole plan thing on pause we'll get back to this i'm gonna talk about the scene first she's upset about that and she's talking to Santana and Brittany, who are the only ones in the room and she's like i'm gonna go tell mr schuster that they're off gallivanting when we should be working which is fucking rich because remember what she said earlier we need to get out into the streets of new york to find inspiration mm -hmm. so like shut up i know i wrote in my notes bullet number one quinn you are such a snake and then bullet number two, cry me a fucking river because she starts crying and having a little <laughs> breakdown. And then I also wrote, I do not feel bad for you at all. And then she's like, I just want somebody to love me. And she's like crying into Santana Brittany's arms. Um, 
And Santana is like, oh, I have just the thing that will help you out. And Quinn, this was kind of funny. She said, I'm sorry, Santana, but I'm really not that into that. <laughs> Thinking that Santana is going to like hook up with her. Yeah, that's um, funny. They end up cutting her hair. And I have to say, the haircut, I think, looks good. It's definitely mm. better than her ratty shoulder length even hair. even more like a middle-aged housewife oh to me. So that scene was just way too much. She went from like, I'm going to rattle Vin and Rachel because I don't like them and I'm clearly still bitter to like, ah, nobody loves me probably because I'm a bad person. I know, like I did not feel bad for her at all. <laughs> it made me hate her even more, honestly, making her, she's a little pick me. That's what she is. But see, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I don't remember that clearly. I'm very hopeful that the haircut is going to be the beginning of a new less snakish era in season three and we already know i've kept alluding to the the other thing that's yes. going to humble her so maybe the hair in combination with that other thing maybe that'll be what it takes to put her on the right path and season three is honestly all she's got to do it because i don't think she comes up that much in seasons four through six i think she's like me. sunsetted so sunsetted. she needs to get it together in season three did you mention for me, I missed it that she called uh said it was um stupid show fire? No. Yeah, she's rude. Anyway, we don't like Quinn. Mm-mm-mm. So in the lobby, Will is apologizing to management because the girls trashed the room with the little pillow fight, and up walks Dustin Goolsby, played by Cheyenne Jackson, the coach for Vocal Adrenaline. Mm-hmm. And he wishes Will good luck on his Broadway debut, and Will's like, the hell? And they're sitting on a bar, Dustin says he read about the debut on a show choir blog, and he tells Will not to tell the Glee kids, because he's like, oh, I hate my kids, and because they remind me of what I've missed out on, so, like, you shouldn't, you should, like, just don't worry about your kids, they don't care about you. And Will has this weird moment, it's too tender, he's like, but I love my kids. And he just has all this emotion that's going up inside him, and I was tired. He's realizing something. Something he's going to just outright say to the kids in a, in a moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he says, working with them has been the joy of my life. Like, yeah. Anyway. And then up in the room, the kids will talk to them and they seem to have already found out about his plans to leave to go on Broadway. And it's because Dustin told them, but he says he hasn't made up his mind and that he is actually going to stay with them. And did you want to? No, that's it. Okay. <laughs> and everyone's happy about it. Yes. And they start working on some songs. <laughs> I love this. Rachel gives us a quick bit of exposition. So we're finally on to the, the day of first day of nationals. The top 50 choirs in the country are there. Mm-hmm. The top 10 move on to showcase with five ultimately competing for the national championship. So it's too many layers. What I'm confused about, again, more logistical questions. Are they expected to prepare three different set lists or is it the same performance mm. three times? Cause that doesn't make sense to me. Like, do you need to hear it three times to know like yeah, who you're picking number one? Because it also doesn't make sense to expect all 50 of those show choirs to perform three different set lists. So I'm, I have questions. I think I get the top 10, I get the 10 showcase. Like I get like hearing it again, but the top five, that's too much. I know. That's an extra they, layer they, we don't need. Yeah. yeah. But so first up is a show choir group called Singers with Attitude. Oh, oh my God. 
And they all look like middle-aged mothers. <laughs> and they get on stage in these white dresses and perform Yeah by Usher featuring Lil Jon and Luda, Ludacris. Oh my god, this was cracking my shit up. It was wild. The, in particular, there's one white lady, and she's a white lady. Like, this actress has got to be 32 minimum. She goes so hard in her verse with the choreography and the facial expressions it is hilarious i was almost tempted to pick this as my favorite performance because it was oh so God. funny but then i decided that i should go with like the actual performance instead of the humor but look it up on youtube it was hilarious it was wild but so after that Rachel finds Sunshine. Rachel walks into the bathroom. Oh my god! And she hears someone throwing up, and she's like, "Santana, is that you?" <laughs> that was dirty. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sweet that she, you know, oh, she's concerned. Like, I guess that was rude. Like, but out from the stall walks Sunshine Corazon, Rachel's former nemesis for no particular reason. Well, we'll learn why. But we haven't seen her in a very hot minute. Yes. But she tells Rachel that she no longer enjoys singing and her nerves make her sick and she's so scared and she's about to leave to go to the Philippine consulate to ask for her visa to be revoked. <laughs> she can go back to the Philippines. <laughs> this is spiraling. <laughs> it's the only way she can escape vocal adrenaline because of course that is like a crazy intense show choir to be in. And Rachel says the only reason that she treated Sunshine so poorly when she was at McKinley and sent her to a crack house, sorry, former crack, former house, crack house was because as what? Did you fart again? No. Oh my god. Not flaming me on the podcast. I swear I did not. I swear Something's to you. Something's wafting into my nostrils. I swear to you I did not. Okay. Maybe you did. Nope. Anyway, <sighs> the only reason why she treated her so poorly was because she felt t- threatened because Sunshine is so talented. And Rachel turns out to be very supportive. She's telling Sunshine she needs to sing and that she can look to Rachel in the crowd for support if she starts to feel nervous, which was sweet of Rachel. It was big of her. Yeah. And she gives her a little thumbs up when Sunshine actually goes out to perform. Yes. Like from the audience, which was nice. Yes. And so I need to correct something because oh. they perform a song called As Long As You're There. And I looked it up and thought it was, and it sounded like a gospel song, a song by a gospel artist called Donnie McClurkin. But I asked you if it was a cover by that guy. Like, like he, I, I basically was asking, is that the original performer though? Because I had a suspicion that it wasn't. Both of us are incorrect. Oh, it is an original song from Vocal Adrenaline. Huh? Mm-hmm. Original song. Are you sure? Hundred percent. Then when did Donnie McClurkin sing? I think he has a different song with the same title. Are you sure? Fine, I'll look that doesn't make any sense to me because that song sounded so familiar. I'm telling you, the first, the beginning part of it sounded like I have nothing by Whitney Houston. The whole thing sounded familiar. Brief intermission. We're going to play the part of this Donnie McClurkin song. Are we? You you don't believe me? So, oh, there's an ad. How to kill all mosquitoes in the area. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Okay. How to kill all my. Oh, okay. <laughs> no okay different song <laughs> different song um so I, yeah that's an original song that's blowing my mind i have to listen to it again after this because it genuinely does sound like a whitney houston song mm-hmm. anyway that she ate it she really did she, it was the great notes like yeah. she's slayed so we love sunshine and 
that was that. Mm. And then backstage, we see New Directions getting ready to take the stage. And Finn asks Rachel, like, why all of a sudden she switched up and she's interested in him. And she tells him that New York's her dream and she can't let anything keep her from it, hinting that he will hold her back. Oh. And there's nothing you can say to change my mind. And then they, the two of them perform one of their original songs called Pretending. And it's fine. It's not great. It's a little catchy, it's, it's but it's a little sleepy. It's a little sleepy. Also, Jesse shows up in the middle of this performance. With a skinny ass scarf. Disgusting skinny scarf. I have a theory that he only has three outfits and he cycles between them because yeah. he looks the same all the time. I also wanted to make a note that the audience here is definitely not as rowdy as no. the regionals audience. They were like cracked out. Not this out. this audience is seated, but still rather enthusiastic. Like, didn't they start clapping when Rachel came out? And I was like, that's a little... no. They were clapping when um, Sunshine came out. And I was yeah, I was like, that's a little weird. Like, you haven't even heard them yet. Yeah. But maybe they know. They know that vocal adrenaline's pedigree is just Probably. like up there. But yeah, so this number was very sleepy up until the very very end. And I remembered halfway through. Like you I gasped. I, I did. Like, I was like, oh, I remember what happens, and it's the kiss. Yeah. They kiss, and they're like making, they were making out. out. It's not just one little kiss. It's a full on make out, which one hundred percent compromised their position in the top 10. The entire room was silent. silent. And Will had to get up and start clapping awkwardly to break the silence, yeah. which didn't really help either. It was bad. Like, I I get why Santana was feeling what she's mm, We'll get to we'll that. Get there. Yeah, so that was very awkward. And then seemingly immediately, they're reset on stage and they start performing their other original song, which is more of a bop. It is Light Up the World. Super catchy, brings the crowd to their feet. They kind of forgot about the kiss, I suppose. It is a bop, but one thing I will say about this, and I think last night, didn't I say it sounds like a Kesha song? Mm -hmm. My thing with the song is, like, Loser Like Me, I directly associate with Glee. Like, that is New Direction song. Mm -hmm. This, it's catchy, but also it doesn't feel unique to them, I guess. Interesting. So that's why Loser Like Me is more iconic, I think. I don't know. Yeah. And like the song's super generic, but loser like me, like that's like the Glee kids, you can tell they wrote that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was great. And then afterwards, Jesse, annoying little snake twink that he is, <laughs> tells Finn that the kiss was unprofessional, probably cost the nationals. I mean, it, it was. I know, but I, just, I hate it how after that he goes, he was like directing this all to Finn, and then he quickly goes, Hi, Rachel. Like redirecting his <laughs> attention to her, like shut the fuck up. You're just mad that he kissed yeah. your your former girl on stage, even though yes, it wasn't appropriate. And Finn tells Jesse to back off, and I support that. Oh, and suddenly they're interrupted because the top ten qualifying teams for showcase have been posted, and they go and look at the list. And Vocal Adrenaline's on the list, but New Directions did not reach the top ten. I think they're being delusional because everyone was like. What spot are we? Like, wh where do we place? And I'm like, oh, you naive little babies. I know. Not even considering the possibility that you didn't get there, which no. you didn't. I just thought that was funny. It's like, did we come third? I know. Four? <laughs> and then suddenly we're transported back to Lima. Kurt is at the Lima Bean with his boo Blaine, filling him in on what happened afterwards. And there's a sense that Finn kissing Rachel was a critical error, which of course it was. 
And then he's telling Blaine about how Santana went ballistic at Rachel in the hotel room. And they get a flashback scene where Santana's screaming, kicking, she's being held back, yelling in Spanish, telling Rachel she's from Lima Heights adjacent. Do you know what happens in and Lima proud. Heights adjacent? And proud. Yes. Bad, Bad things. Cosas malas. Like she's pissed. That was hilarious. And of course, Kurt is living for this drama. I know. He also was living for the kiss too because it's it's drama. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say something too? He's like, I'm kind of glad we didn't place because Probably. we can like make a comeback next. Something stupid. Mm-hmm. And as he's telling him the story, Blaine just randomly says, I love you. Which at the time I thought was sweet, but now I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It's a little out of nowhere because Blaine hasn't been around that much mm-hmm. in in the second half of the season, which is fine by me. And I'm trying to treasure it because I know he's going to be around a lot next season. Um, but besides the prom episode, I feel like we legit have not seen him in like six or seven it's episodes. Been a while, yeah. So it did feel like, okay, where was the development of that? I don't even know how long, and I'm not saying I have to put a, a like a a restriction on when you could say I love you, but I don't know. It didn't seem to come out of nowhere. It's random. You know, yeah, Kurt sure. said it back, and all of a sudden, guess who shows Ooh. up? Mercedes and Sam of yes. all people. They just ran into each other in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not yeah. A, not a coincidence. Yeah, and they like chit chat with the salmon or Kurt and Blaine and then they, they walk to order their food and they're like, do you think they're suspicious? And did we see them hold hands? Yes. Okay. Which I'm like, if you all are that paranoid, would you really go into hold hands when you're still like in the same venue as someone, you know? Yeah. And also I'm not entirely sure. Maybe I'll explain this early next season. I don't really remember why they're hiding it. Interracial. but i love that they're setting it up because i think that they're really cute Mm -hmm. speaking of really cute we're in the halls of mckinley and Brittany and santana are discussing the future and santana who's still pissed about the finchel kiss she has a voodoo doll (laughs) i guess (laughs) that's a voodoo doll of rachel i love that and when santana asks Brittany why she isn't upset Brittany says that the glee club's her family and that she wants to stay with them forever and that she can see herself doing all these life events with the Glee people by her side, which is very sweet. And then she tells Santana that she loves her more than she's ever loved anyone in the world. And because of that, anything can happen. So sweet. It was very touching. Um, Brittany was very serious about what she was saying. She was. And Santana tells Brittany that she's her best friend. They share an intense hug. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Then they go to the Glee room. Right? There's I a, get oh elsewhere in the school. Huh? Emma is congratulating Will on coming in twelfth. They got a banner that said "Good oh, on yeah. ya" for Good placing in twelfth. That was cute though, and a little tiny dinky trophy. <laughs> and Will thanks her, and is that really? He presents the little trophy to the room, and everyone's like, "Ah!" And then it's over. I will say a couple of observations before we get into superlatives. Um. Oh, we missed one. We missed uh, what? Rachel was looking for Finn, and she stumbles upon him in the library, sitting on the ground, <laughs> looking like an iPad kid. Yeah, and he's like, oh, "I screwed up. Everybody hates me." And like he says that in a moment, all he was feeling was that he loved her. And Rachel says that he gave it all up for one kiss, but they both think that it was worth it. And she tells him that after they graduate in a year, she's leaving and never coming back. And they kiss. 
Yeah. Okay, back to my observations. Mm -hmm. um, I personally think, I'm just putting this out there, what Quinn was wearing in the final scene, the Glee Room, I thought it was really cute. And I'm, you this know- This dress with, oh, I hated the shoes. You liked the shoes. Oh, I thought the shoes were so cute. She's wearing these like loafer wedges, which I thought were so cute. And this really cute like flower dress. And with her short hair, it just looks cute. Like, don't get me wrong. Coming at Quinn's I am, no, 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 I'm not a stan. I'm ready to embrace a new era of Quinn because I'm sick and tired of the Quinn nonsense. So I really hope she's on a better path. Um, also, one thing I observed, I was like, hmm, it feels kind of weird to close out the season without Sue being there, because mm. she was in the season finale. She created, she played a crucial part in the series, series season season. finale last season. So that was kind of weird. And then that led me to my thought. I was like, wait, you know who we haven't heard from or seen in a minute? Coach Beast. I know. Where has she been? My A. So I, I know she comes back. I just don't know in what capacity. So just a couple of observations I have. Another observation. Oh. Last episode, Quinn Fabray was running out mouth saying she had all these big plans oh, for yeah. New York. What did that mean though? But nothing manifested in this episode. Here's the thing. I genuinely don't know if this was a writer's oversight, which I think the reason why I think that I don't really fully believe that it's an oversight is because it literally the episode before. That was like a cliffhanger if, from the yeah, last episode. Yeah, so like if this was something that they had her say like, seven or eight episodes yeah. ago, then I would have been like, oh, it's clear they just forgot about it. But I just don't buy that they would have forgotten about it when it just happened. So I kind of think that in the writer's heads, unless you're gonna tell me in trivia, there was like a deleted scene. I think that in their heads, they were trying to suggest that she had a vague plan to screw with them when they were in New York. Mm. And then her idea to report them to Shu, she was like, this is how I'm gonna do it. And it just completely fell apart within the span of like two minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But it is kind of weird because the way she said it to Finn was very yeah. much like, I have a plan. It was like a threat. So, I don't know, just a flop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to talk it up as a flop on her part. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, but that is the end of season two. Uh -huh. Cannot believe it. Wait, we got to do spoilers. I know. I'm so oh. like that. That's the final scene of the season. Yeah. So. Let's get into our episodes of Prolatives. Who was your LVP? Quinn Fabre, <laughs> because of that breakdown she had. It was just so embarrassing. And no one else really stood out as being LVP worthy. I mean, Shu had his cringe moment. Mm -hmm. So I guess like you could say, okay, Quinn, it was only one moment. Shu, it was really one moment kind of. But I'm still going to go with Quinn just because it just feels right. You gotta keep your streak going. Yeah, I gotta keep the streak. <laughs> I surprisingly broke my streak. <gasps> Didn't pick Quinn. I picked Jesse St. James. I think he's annoying. Oh. Of course, he had to show up at Nationals and be like, I, I, I could have, I would have done different choices, like, blah, 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 all the nice <laughs> business. Like, Didn't did you pick Jesse last, last episode? No, I picked Quinn. I picked Jesse last episode. Probably. So my streak was broken last there episode. Okay. Yeah, we don't like Jesse. I don't like Jesse. Who was your MVP? Santana Lopez. Yes. Because she provided the most laughs and iconic moments. She did. She always does. Yes. Yeah, that was so funny. I want to go to Lime Heights adjacent with her and like see her life. <laughs> oh my God. Do you think it's a real place? Lime is a real place. Do you think Lime Heights? I'm going to laugh if it is. No. Oh, okay. Sadly, no. That's okay. 
There's a YouTube video, Santana Lopez going all Lima Heights for three glee minutes. We're gonna watch that later. We'll have to watch. Anyway, yeah, Santana's also my MVP for those exact same reasons. She's iconic. Mm -hmm. Worst musical performance? I wrote in my notes that Matthew Morrison song, because I don't remember the name Still of it. Still not tonight. Nor do I care. <laughs> it was just so bland and boring it and was. bad. Hated it. it wasn't that long though, so Thank I appreciated God, yeah. that. What about you? Yeah. Well, so oh, okay, okay. I also wrote both songs I didn't know what it was called until just now. So. Okay. <laughs> what about best? Thinking of my best was for um, good. I loved it. Oh it yeah, wonderful. duh. Um, I put after some deliberation because again I thought about putting yeah because that shit was fucking hilarious, but I I went with I love New York slash New York New York hmm. because I think that number is just iconic. And it feels so big because they're running around the city to all these places and they're all together. I just think it's good and it's catchy. Like you had to stop, you had to tell me to stop singing because I started yeah, singing. he was it. singing. Because <laughs> it's very catchy to me. That's what I picked. And we already did the Will Schuster cringe hour. Yes. Which means we can do trivia. So there's quite a bit. So I will try to only pick the good pieces. Ooh. For once, we have some good trivia. Um, the majority of this episode, surprise, surprise, was shot on location in New York City. Oh, well, duh! Let There's me guess. There's one scene that did not take place Wait, in New York City. Can I guess? What? Uh -huh. Hotel rooms. No? What? They probably weren't real hotel rooms. Oh, they were okay. shot in New York City. Um, the theater that Matthew Morrison sings in. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was shot in an abandoned theater in San Francisco. Okay. Did I not tell you? I said out loud, that theater looks dingy. <laughs> I, I picked up on it. That's hilarious. Oh, so funny. So. Yes. I told you, you should have gone through the trivia beforehand. According to some pre-release images, Carol had some part in the New York scenes. However, she did not appear in the final cut of the episode. Like as a chaperone? We haven't seen her in a minute I either. I kind of miss her. Yeah. I don't think we've seen her since the wedding. It's been a minute, yeah. And then this is the most expensive episode, costing $6 million. I'm not surprised. Ever? Second most expensive was the Sue Sylvester Shuffle, which cost between three to five million. Well, that's interesting because as we know, like we have a full on like split storyline in New York for the second half of the series. So I wonder why, maybe like for those seasons, they, they just set up like a field office in New York and they didn't have that this time. So they had to transport everybody. Mm, yeah. I don't know. But that's, that's very interesting to me. I wonder how much they paid Wicked to use the stage. Oh, there was also lots of extras in the, um, oh, true. In the nationals. Yeah. So I don't know. And then there are some parallels in the beginning. We see the camera sweeping around Times Square and there's a billboard of how does this even business without really trying which Darren Chris went on to make his oh. Broadway debut in, later, I think that next year. And how do you do that in Glee? Anyway. I don't know. And then there's an, we also see a billboard for Catch Me If You Can, which apparently Matthew Morrison auditioned for for the lead role, which uh, went to for, didn't get. <laughs> Aaron Tveet, who was uh -huh. also one of the final choices for the role of Finn Hudson, Whoa. who was rejected by Ryan Murphy for being too good looking. <laughs> He said, Corey Monty, you ugly. <laughs> My God. <laughs> in this season finale, as well as the season one finale, there are similar scenes of all new directioners, of all new directions members, parentheses, somber in a room with pizza. Okay. You could have skipped that one. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't mean anything. This is the last time we see Lauren as a member of New Directions. 
Oh yeah, I remember that. I think there's a throwaway line in episode one of next season. But yeah, no, I remember missing her. And then this is the first, we, you and I noticed this, the first and only time Mercedes does not sing in a competition while she's part of the club. Huh. The erasure. Oh. Last episode to credit Jessalyn Gilsig as a series regular. Goodbye, Terry. Goodbye, Terry. She wasn't even in this episode. She still sees her series regular. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's get on to some individual song trivia. I really hope there's chart trivia for the original songs because I'm so curious to see how well they did. But if there's not, then that's okay. My cup was released on iTunes, by the way. Hell like yeah. Band. Hell yeah. Oh, you knew that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've listened to it on Spotify before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. No, not worth it. Got dead air well, here. Trivia I already <laughs> mentioned because, like, from for good, there was good trivia there, hmm. and I mean, they did perform on the actual Wicked Broadway stage, so that was cool. And you know, I think that that is okay. All oh uh, nope, sorry. Uh, so for that song, as long as you're there, the original song that Vocal Adrenaline performed, it is the second longest original song recorded by Glee. The first is this time. I don't even know what that is. That is a song from season six, sung by Rachel. Interesting. Well, all right. Okay, sure. And pretending was the last Finchel duet at a competition. Hmm. Sad. Nah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Can we get on? Are we done yet? <laughs> this is mid trivia. Yes. Okay. So now we're going to be doing our superlatives for season two, like we did for season one and listen up. Cause this is what we're going to be doing. I think first we're going to do our top five performances from the whole season. And then each of us are going to pick our least favorite episode and our favorite episode. And then we're going to be doing season MVP and season LVP. I don't actually believe we did a season LVP for season one, but yeah. we're definitely doing it for this season and going <laughs> forward and going forward. So yeah, I think the way we should do it is I ranked mine so like it goes five to one. So like one is my favorite performance. So I think I should do five, then you say you're five, and then four for you know that deal. Ready? Okay. Actually, you go first. What is your no, fifth? You go first. Okay. Well, we're starting off kind of like shaky because technically my number five is a five-way tie. No, you can't do that. You have to pick okay. one. Okay, okay, no, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. It's a what's five. The, okay, what's okay. the point of a ranking if you're gonna have a five-way tie? Okay, first of all, this doesn't necessitate such strong opinions. No, because it's such a you thing okay. to do. First of all, you don't even know what the tie is. So how about you listen, and then I think you'll understand why it's a tie. Are you ready? It's a five-way tie between my headband, only child, trouty mouth, hell to the no, and my cup, because they're all like kind of jokey, Sasha just made a noise, original songs that are funny, but they're not like serious performances. I can't pick one over the other. If, okay, gun to my head, like you're gonna shoot me if I don't pick one. I guess I would pick only child there. Does that make you happy? Well, if I would have picked my cup. 
Like that was the one that you were the most like bopping and like singing along okay, to. Okay, see, this is I was singing my heart out to Only Child. I sung part of Only Child on this podcast. So if you're really going to make me choose one, even though I love all of them pretty much equally, I would pick Only Child by Rachel Berry. I don't have the episode number for that because I, I just put in parentheses multiple episodes. Oh, we had to write the episode number. Okay, but sit. Oh, my God. You're killing me. Was it not from an original song? All of these are from my, my headband, Trouty Mouth, and Hell to the No are all from original song. Only Child is not from original song, I don't oh, think. Okay. And My Cup is from the season finale. What's your number five? <laughs> Hell to the No, episode 16, original song. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. A tie. You want to speak more to that? Like, what made it your number five? I really liked it, but I liked the other four songs more, and the other four were more impactful than Hell to Then the what no. is it doing on your top five? Because I didn't like any of the other songs, so it's in my top five, but it's not, like, top four Interesting. worthy. Okay, interesting. Well, my number four is River Deep Mountain High from episode four duets performed by Santana and Mercedes because it's iconic. I think they sound really good together. They have the amazing uh, choreography of Santana like yes. doing this thing, which I know you all can't see, but you should know what I'm talking about. Trot hand yeah, thing. The booty shake, which it was a little inappropriate that Will was like laughing at that. Um, but it's just a great number. It's so like energetic and great and obviously memorable because it's on this list what's your number four my number four is from episode 22 new york for good oh again i just loved the, the meaning the levels behind the song they were on the actual wicked stage it's a great song so i i loved it it was a great performance their voices surprisingly go very well together and i enjoyed it so huh you have a couple biases you have recency bias and the wicked bias but also, like, the parallels from last season to this season and their friendship. And the their parallels girl, like, are good, yeah. yeah. It's all matched. Yeah. My number three is Me Against the Music by Brittany and Santana oh. from episode two, Brittany, Brittany. This performance is absolutely iconic. The choreography is the best, maybe in the whole series, because wow. Heather Morris ate that. She perfectly replicated throughout the whole episode, really, but really in this performance, Britney Spears' choreography. Santana was giving, like, honestly, better energy than Madonna did in that original video. Like, she was giving that white suit harder than Madonna ever could. The chemistry was there. Obviously, we know Heather Morris and um, Naya Rivera's chemistry is always on point. They killed it. And also, I really appreciate that they... They actually, I feel like this doesn't happen a lot in Glee where they recreate music videos. Mm-hmm. And this music video, like a lot of Britney Spears videos is like pretty iconic. I'm going to say iconic a lot. And they actually made an effort to recreate it. So like they, the set was like very similar. They had all the background dancers. I just thought it was so well done and so entertaining. What's your number three? Mine was also a Britney Santana. <laughs> And Holly Holiday performance, Landslide, oh, episode yeah. 15. That one's good. It was Santana's expressing her emotions about her feelings for, for Britain. I was a redundant. It's late. <laughs> I need to go to bed soon. <laughs> I gotta get up at tomorrow, so don't mind me. Feelings for Britney with Holly Holiday performing, helping her out. And it was just a very touching moment. You could see that Britney and Santana really connected over that song. And 
Holly Holiday was in it. So how can you not like that? Exactly. I agree. A great performance. I also almost put um, Songbird on here, the song that Santana sung to Britney. Mm. Okay, thanks for reminding me what that was. I saw yeah. it in one of my BMPs and I was like, what is that? Yeah, I think that would have been like a number seven for me if we made like a top 10. Anyway, um, my number two is My Man, sung by Rachel Berry in episode 21 Funeral. So these top two. Well, like I, I envision that when we're done with this podcast, we do a whole series wrap up. I think it'd be so fun to do like a top 10. And these two would definitely be in my top 10, my, my, my one and two. So my man, I feel like I've spoken about it enough in the last episode. I just think it is Rachel's best song, period. I just think she knocked out of the park. It's phenomenal. My number two, River Deep Mountain High from episode oh. four. Ranked higher than Zach did. All right. I support women of color. All right. And it's so energetic. The iconic dancing, Santana and Mercedes, come on. I loved it. It's probably, it might make my top 10. I don't know. Oh. Series top 10. But this next song definitely okay. will. I actually, I have a hunch because when you were putting together this list, I heard you like, mumble to yourself you were like oh of course that one and i have a feeling i just have a feeling we have the same number i know, I know we have okay the same number we one. should say it at the same time three it, two one it's singing, singing in, in the, the rain, rain yeah umbrella, okay <laughs> it's singing in the rain slash umbrella from episode seven the substitute shocking that little schuster is in the song and it's our number one it's just incredible like whoever came up with this mashup like it works thematically, it works so well musically. In my opinion, this could change, but I'm saying this right now. This is like the Glee song. Oh, 100%. This is my number one. If we made a top 10 as of now, I could be reminded of something from upcoming seasons, but as of now, this is my number one Glee song. It is that iconic. Yeah. And the production, the production, like, Oh my god! And you again, love singing in the rain. Again, I do love singing in the rain. Again, they did this really interesting thing where, like, they tried to. Re- well, in this case, it's the musical, it's not a music video, but they like recreated perfectly the aesthetics of that scene from Singing in the Rain and the Umbrella music video. Because in the Umbrella music video, she's against a black screen and with water splashing, which is what they're doing. But then in Singing in the Rain, you know, he's got like the suit and the bowler hat and the umbrella. Mm -hmm. So they like put them perfectly together, just like the songs themselves. It's great. I seriously, hats off. No notes? Yeah. So um, what is your favorite episode of the whole season? I'm actually really, should we like guess each other's? I think that could be fun. can never okay. <laughs> you can I, try and guess mine if you I want, feel like you're but... gonna pick the substitute no oh okay I was gonna pick that and I'm frantically trying to reopen my notes because <laughs> for some reason they closed so no okay here we go my favorite episode of season two <laughs> is uh, uh, season two episode 16 original song oh really mm-hmm. I really liked this episode for many reasons there was the original songs, which were funny, and Santana, very, very, I don't remember why, but I wrote Santana with like the, like, that emoji, you know, <laughs> with the eyes, like they're about to cry, like that emoji, mm-hmm. <laughs> Santana's <laughs> vocals, the woo, 
I don't know what song she sang, <laughs> but this guy. In, in Trouty Mouth, when she goes, whoo! Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and there were some, you know, some minor things in the episode that I didn't love. Um, like that Candles number, hated that. I think you made the, I think you did that emoji for Santana because the previous episode is when she sings Landslide. So she's still very much in her feelings about Britney yes. in this episode. Oh, there was the iconic cease and desist letter. Oh yes. And Get It Right was my song back in the day. <laughs> Lose You Like Me is also fun. The little slushy moment, like that was cute. The, <laughs> the ending where, we have the drunk lieutenant governor's wife on stage. Oh my God. Sue Dexter. So <laughs> I just, he doesn't get much better than that. It was a wild ride from getting to end. It is a pretty great episode. I think I would pick that as like maybe my third or fourth. New York, New York, or it's just New York. That's definitely up there. Substitute would definitely be runner up. But I ended up picking episode two, Britney, Britney, because that episode just sticks out very firmly in my mind as a really entertaining one. And I think I expressed this on the pod. I was nervous upon rewatching. It was like, what if it isn't as good as I remember? But it was good. It was great, actually. Every performance in that episode is great in some way or another. Like, I know that I picked Toxic as my worst performance, but it was only because Will Schuster was being inappropriate in it. That performance is still amazing because it's hilarious because it's the one that causes a sex riot in the in the gymnasium. And then, of course, you have Slave for You. You have what I just talked about, Me Against the Music. Even Rachel's um, Hit Me Baby One More Time kind of ate. And again, I liked how they made an effort to recreate all the aesthetics of these. And in fact, when um, Britney did Slave for You, they were taking costumes from different Britney videos, which I thought was cool. And John Stamos is in it. He's in a few episodes. But yeah, sure. but that's when he first appeared. I have a very firm image in my head of like, at the beginning of Me Against the Music, when Brittany and Satan are in the dentist's office together, and he's like, do you want music? And they're like, no, we got it. And they both put in their earbuds at the same time. And then they just snap into the like, the all my people. That episode is so good. And I'm gay. So I feel like that's the gayest episode of the season. And that really spoke to me. <laughs> All right. What was your least okay. favorite episode of the season? I think I might actually bet $2 that we have the same one. I'm not actually going to bet $2, even though I just said that. But I'm, I want you to say yours first. No, no, I want to hear what yours is. Uh, okay, I picked grilled cheeses hmm. because I looked back at all my notes that is the only episode that I did not pick a best performance for because none of them were good. In fact, most of them were very cringy. That's when we got that Yentl performance that was like seven minutes long. We got the um, the the puck one. I forget that. One. It was just it was just not good. And that was the episode. You know what really made me seal the deal on this? Everyone was acting so out of character that episode. Cause that's when Kurt's dad went in the hospital and everyone's like, oh, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Why aren't you religious? Why aren't you praying? And it was just weird. Like I never could quite glean what they were trying to say with that episode. I didn't like it and it was stupid. So that's the worst episode for sure. Yeah. What'd you pick? Wow. You didn't pick grilled cheeses. That was, it was my, I went through my notes in order. So when I first went through, I'm like, oh yeah, probably grilled cheeses. But, mm, hold on, stay with me. Ooh. Yeah, 
I think the song that I well my song. notes sealed the deal. Sorry, the episode that I liked enjoyed the least was City Love Songs episode twelve, huh. the Valentine's Day episode. I the whole flash mob. Gap oh yeah, thing that was with the stupid. underage, like the, the older guy. That was weird. That was really dumb. I have a note about Lauren Zeiss fetishizing mixed people. <laughs> what? I don't quite remember what that was about, but I'm guessing something that she had to say. The warblers were being annoying. Kurt was being delusional. Finn and Rachel were being annoying about the stupid kissing booth thing. Apparently Santana said something that was inappropriate. I wrote Santana. That was not okay. Even though I love Santana. <laughs> but I guess I just like that one made me the, the most angry. Hmm. But Joel Jesus was a very close second. That's interesting. I don't remember much about the episode. I just pulled up my notes and I picked my best performance was my funny Valentine. Honestly, I don't remember who even sung that. Probably Rachel. Oh. I also didn't have a best performance that episode, so. Is that the one that Tina sang and she started bawling in the middle oh, of you're it? Oh, so right. That, that one was funny. Oh, and there were a lot of Will Schuster cringe our moments that episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Okay, last two. Who was. We should start with our LVP because I'm sure. Okay. It's the same. It's it's Quinn. Like, come on. I'm sure we both picked Quinn Fabray for a season LVP. So for season, sorry, for episodes 13 to 21, excluding episode 14, Quinn was my <laughs> least favorite, or least LVP for <laughs> nearly seven episodes in a row. I'm going to go through mine. So I know episode 22 was Quinn. I'm pretty sure 21 was, yeah, it was Jesse. Okay, prom queen was... Quinn, Rumors was Quinn, Born This Way was Lucy Kabusi, a.k.a. Quinn, Night of Neglect was Quinn, Original Song, Quinn, <laughs> Sexy, oh, Will Schuster. Okay, no. so I didn't have as long a streak as you, but she just had so many L's and she was she such did. a bad, delusional person she this really season. She... And maybe it was intentional because, of course, she got kicked off the Cheerios. Maybe she's supposed to be lost, but oh my God, she looked a mess. Never forget, was it Born This Way at the end? She had that terrible, like, bumped up pony hairstyle. I don't recall. Looked like she had a seven head. Oh my God. Like, whoever was dressing her was just not good. And I know that, like, people are more than their outfits, but the thing is, is there wasn't much more. There was horrible bad insides besides yeah. the outfits. I don't really feel like much more needs to be said. No. So, yeah. Who is your season L uh, MVP? So y'all know, like you last do it season, mathematically. I, yes, I am mathematically, but also it makes sense because whoever I enjoyed individually in episodes the most is probably the person that stood out to me the most over the course of the season. Yeah. And that person is none other than the queen of Lima Heights adjacent, <laughs> Santana Lopez. She was my MVP five times this season. Close second were Sue and Rachel both had four, four times being MVP. Mm -hmm. But I loved Santana's arc this, episode, this season. She stood up against bullying. She's <laughs> yes. embracing her homosexuality, her feelings for Britney. She's embracing her Lima Heights adjacentness <laughs> in her blood, and she's not apologizing for it. She gave us some of the best one-liners, some of the best acting up scenes this episode, some incredible, sorry, this season, some incredible outfits, 
incredible vocals and performances in different episodes. So she was just the most consistently entertaining, funny, but also like heartfelt, emotional character to me this season. So, so I did not do my mathematically. However, I will say, I think if I were to do my mathematically, this would still be the result. And I am going with Santana Lopez. As you should. For all the reasons you just said, this was her season. There very well might be another season that's her season. You know how you all know I was saying last season we were doing this, I was like, my hope is that each season I'll have a different MVP so that each character will have a different time to shine. Mm But I reserve the right to pick Santana again, because I am falling in love with her all over again, um, which makes it all the more sad and weird, of course, since Naya is gone. Mm-hmm. But she really is like the star of this show. She is. And I look forward to every scene that she's in. And it's great. So she undoubtedly deserves it. And with that, we're finally done. You can go to bed now, honey. <laughs> Um, I just have to say, I was going through my notes. I cannot believe that the season took us over six months to finish. Really? My notes from season two, episode one were January 9th. Wow. We did take quite a few breaks. My goal for season three is to take less breaks. (laughs) Like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could get season three done this year? I think that would be an accomplishment. Is that possible? (laughs) Five weeks are left. If it's not possible, then maybe not. But not quite. They're exactly 22 weeks from me. Okay. So, okay. Well, it's not going to get done this year, but I don't know. If we get it done in January, I feel like that would be a feat. Um, so, thank you all for listening this season. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to start season three. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, I don't actually remember. I'm sure I will remember as we start watching, but. I'm a little hazy on season three, actually. This is the last season that I watched in its entirety. So, like, I really remember, I remember story beats, but I don't remember like whole episodes like I did for season two and season one. Um, We've got some Glee Project people coming in. That's exciting. Coming up. Graduate. Well, yeah, it's at the very, is that the end? Yeah, it's at the very end. Um, the prom episode this season is better than season two's, I think. We have accidents. Oh, yes, we have accidents. Um, I, I shouldn't be so excited about that. <laughs> um, a lot of themed episodes, if I recall. Like, like, like kind of like the Madonna or the Gaga episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a good time. Not necessarily for me all the time, because I know Blaine's going to become a, um, a, what's it called? A series regular. Series regular. Not looking forward to that. But we'll um, get over it. We'll deal with it, yeah. But thanks for the support. It's been a fun season, like our reel. And we'll be back in a few weeks for season three. Yes. Bye-bye. Oh,